if there was ever a show that's going to get me banned from YouTube and maybe Facebook, let me just predict this is the one. A funeral director has some very scary information. <laughs> Marvel is going after your kids. I know. Marvel going after your kids. Mm, yeah, we'll talk about it coming up. And an incredibly stupid neighbor. Not mine, but God help the guy whose neighbor this is. Unbelievable. Aldwin Wong, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. <laughs> Look at that. I incorporated you into my opening. So there you go. Good to have you along for the ride, Aldwin. And uh, yeah, we are live across, well, at the moment, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch.tv, and our main channel, Rumble.com. If you don't have a free account at Rumble yet... I don't know what you're waiting for. There are tens of millions of people over on Rumble. We love Rumble. They are censorship-free. You will not get censored as long as what you're saying is, you know, legal, obvious, the guidelines. But uh, you don't get censored. And yes, <clears throat> there are a lot of right-wing conservative people on Rumble. However, because they don't censor, they welcome absolutely anybody. There are a lot of left-leaning liberals over on Rumble also. So... You're welcome there. Whether or not you upload videos or not doesn't matter. It's just like YouTube. You can join, and you don't have to have a channel with videos. You just watch other people's videos, including mine. So please do get yourself. It's a free account, completely free. Great site. And yes, there's a lot of conservative content, but there's a ton of other stuff. They cover finance, sports, gaming, uh, all kinds of stuff. Really, discover rumble.com for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a free account and look for the Jay Sheldon Show. That's our logo. Whoop, it just went away when I pointed at it. That's the Jay Sheldon Show logo. Just type in the Jay Sheldon Show. You'll see it. And hit the subscribe button. And truly, from the bottom of my wrinkled old heart, I cannot thank you enough because it really does help a lot. And it's absolutely free. Our podcast, of course, also is out there, the audio part of our show. We have that for you. And, uh, yeah, so let's start the show the way we always start the show, with an intro on this little lady. Miko Update. <laughs> Miko Update. She is hanging out downstairs after a very long and boring day. Uh, we didn't do too much today, actually. We had lots of running around actually all of our running around today was for her because we ran out of kibbles we ran out of wet food we had some treats we had to get so yeah luna amethyst yo dog i don't know if that dog was for me or for miko but yo anyway <laughs> yes uh miko is great she is now fully stocked up on all her food she actually uh, ate a couple of good meals today and uh, has been tricking us into treats. I will go in the kitchen and she will come in after me and look up with the puppy dog eyes like, Daddy, can I have a treat? And, you know, it breaks my heart and so I give in every time and I give her a treat. I shouldn't, but I do. And then my significant other goes in the kitchen and... Gets the same treatment, and another treat is on the way. She, she knows how to play us like a fine-tuned fiddle. Uh, the queen deserves the best. You're <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And there is a picture of the queen just this afternoon, by the way, catching the last rays of uh, sunlight. 
out there in our uh, in our front yard. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she's doing great. She's feeling great, and uh, we love her to pieces. I read something, and it's so true. Somebody posted a little meme, and it said something about dogs and how special they were because if you look in their eyes, you can see their soul. And you know, I realized how true that was. Check out with your own dog. Take a look. Take a deep look into their eyes. You will see their soul. I know that's so philosophical and all, but it is true. It it is absolutely true. You can see your dog's soul. And wow, it just... It moved me. It really did. All right. Our Miko update is brought to you, of course, by the good folks at BarkBox.com. And our special link, which is the top link in our show notes, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. If you are in the U.S., U.S. territories, or Canada, you can use this link to get yourself a special deal when you sign up for BarkBox.com. What is it? It is a monthly subscription service, reasonably priced, and you get toys specifically designed for your dog and sized accordingly whether you have a small medium or large dog you get a few boxes of treats all natural good for you treats which you can also specify if your dog has any allergies when you place the order and a dog chew every month and they do all kinds of cool monthly themes we've shown you these before you got to check them out though uh the national parks foundation bark to school uh, Hollow, Halloween, that's this month, of course, Halloween coming up next weekend, Jurassic Park, Stranger Things, they've got so many of these, Look, these are their past boxes that are themed, um, Jackpot for the casino, uh, the NBA, uh, Jared's Normal Deli, uh, Madagascar, that's very cool, is uh, King, what's his face in there, I don't see him, but uh, very cool, uh, sweetie pie. Look at these. Your dog is going to love these. You are going to love these. Every month you get a new theme. And uh, if you use our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, and many of you have, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. And I hope you, but let me know, by the way, send me an email or a message, show at jsheldon.com. We'd love to know your experience. Everybody I talk to could not be more pleased with their BarkBox. And again, if you sign up using our link, Oh, look, Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you will get a month free when you sign up for a multi-month uh, subscription. You can just get one. You can get one. That's it. You're done. Thank you very much. You'll want to, to get more, though. You can sign up for six months, 12 months. The more, longer you sign up, of course, as usual, it's a little less expensive every month. But uh, use our link and you'll get a free month, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Again, these are just, oh, look, Australian Outbark. <laughs> they do not yet ship internationally, only the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. They're working on it, and they will uh, they will let me know, and I'll let you know just as soon as they do. If you have a friend in the U.S. who could maybe forward it to you, have it shipped to them, or get one of those shipping forwarding services, uh, you can do it that way too. BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, is the, uh, the URL, the link. And you use that link, you get our... Very special deal. All right, let's get on with it. This is not happy news. In fact, this is scary crap. And I mean scary crap. This appeared in uh, the Epic Times, which is not necessarily the most reliable of news sources. 
They tend to lean one way or the other. However, there's no denying this story. And again, I am reading this directly off of the article from the Epic Times. Yes, I'll make some comments about it. But the data comes from this article. 95% of corpses had received the vaccination within two weeks of their death. That according to a funeral director from New Zealand. 95% of the corpses he's been seeing had received a COVID-19 vaccine within two weeks of their passing away. Uh, he, uh, Brenton Faithful is his name, and he says 95% of the people who passed away through the work that I've done had been vaccinated within two weeks. He'd been working out as a funeral director for the last 41 years, running his own uh, mortuary business for the last 26 years. He recently spoke out about the apparent relationship not proven, but apparent relationship, he says, between the vaccines and the deaths he's been observing. It is very obvious they die within two weeks of receiving the vaccination. A lot of them almost appear to have died from anaphylaxis, uh, almost a reaction straight away to the booster. Uh, they die the same day, the following day after receiving the COVID-19 vaccination. This isn't a one-off case, he says. This is the majority, 95% of the cases that have come through his facility, he said in an interview. Uh, similar data has been released by funeral director John O'Looney in the UK and Richard Hirschman from Alabama in the U.S., previously reported, uh, the very moment these injections went into arms, the death rate would soar beyond belief. They're labeling them all as COVID deaths, but the reality is they were almost exclusively the people who were vaccinated. This article goes on. There's data here. There's scientific studies here. There is a lot of information. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I encourage you to check out the link. It's in our show notes and find out more about this. You know, we just saw the story earlier this week. Uh, we saw the story about uh, Pfizer coming out and saying it wasn't tested for uh, reducing the transmissibility. A, a huge, huge deal. Um. We've also seen this unelected, idiotic CDC in the U.S. now adding the COVID-19 vaccine to their schedule for school children. No, that does not mean that schools must adopt it. The reality is most schools do adopt the CDC's recommended guideline schedule, which means your child, who likely, according to the science, according to the science has absolutely no need for a vaccine. None. Look it up. Look it up from somewhere other than CNN and those stupid, damned, mainstream media, fake news, bullshit crap sources. Get out of your box, get out of your echo chamber, and find out the information. 
You can't necessarily blame the vaccine itself for the 95% of deaths. There's also many other factors could have died due to other factors. Well, these are funeral directors uh, who I assume would know. Um, they could have died due to other factors after vaccination within 24 hours. Mm, not likely, uh, which also makes up the majority of those who died. Man. Uh, it's too close and too weird. And you're seeing celebrities, you're seeing athletes, a lot of athletes who have had the vaccines and the boosters just fall over dead on the playing field. You're seeing all kinds of sadly young, healthy people who are just literally clutching their chest and falling over dead. And it scares the crap out of me. I'm not a young, healthy person. I'm an old, out-of-shape fart. I sadly, you know, I was going to bring this up as a topic on another show, but since we're talking about it, I'll talk about it now. I have always, for 64 years, yeah, I'm that old, I have always lived my life with no regrets. Would I have done some things differently? Probably, based on what I know now. Do I regret the decisions I make? No, I have never regretted a single decision in my life until now. I got the two shots of the Pfizer vaccine. I did not get the booster. I will not get the booster. You can't force me to get the booster. Nothing would ever convince me to get a booster. Nothing. I don't care. No, thank you. Not going to happen. I was sat. Now, they didn't require it. It wasn't mandated here in this country. But for all intents and purposes, your life was a living hell, and it was impossible to do anything if you didn't take this stupid vaccine, and I caved. I shouldn't have. I kicked myself in the ass for doing it. And that is the one regret in the 64 years I've lived on this planet. That is the one thing I regret. And I will regret it for however long or short the rest of my life is. Serious. Be just being totally honest with you. I've never regretted anything in my life until I took that G-damn vaccine. And I regret that a lot. Aldwin, I'd like to see these percentages of celebrities and athletes. There's a lot of them. Go look it up. Look it up. Seriously. I don't want to say that search because they're totally biased. But just use a search engine. Not one of the main ones. Because you won't get what you're looking for. It's uh, it's scary crap, folks. And now, of course, like I said, the CDC and their stupidity forcing these things on your kids. Thankfully, a lot of smart governors and moms and dads out there are saying, not going to happen. Uh-uh. Well... Marvel has gotten into the fray. There's a perfect segue. A new comic. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'll say it again. Your kids don't need this crap. Science proves it. Most kids don't need this crap. A new comic from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Marvel happens as Ultron which is used to represent COVID, has come back again, all evolved, just like how the 
coronavirus has developed into new variants. Yes, believe it or not, the Avengers Everyday Heroes. It's a comic for your kids to encourage them to get vaccinated. Unbelievable. This from these idiots, criminals at Pfizer, COVID-19, one of the biggest threats of our time. But if eligible people can come together to help, you know what? I'm not reading this crap because it's just absolute unscientific bullshit. So there you go. But yes, indeed, that is a comic designed to attract your kids from Marvel. I've got actually, hang on, let me, there we go. Sorry. (laughs) Now you get to see it. Uh, This is the actual uh, uh, Everyday Heroes comic itself from Marvel. It's online. The link's in our show notes. I can't encourage you enough not to show this to your kids. It's for free. The link is in our show notes if you want to read it. It's absolute crap. It's just complete propaganda is all it is for something that is completely unnecessary. I cannot believe they've gone that far. It's just incredible. All right, time to break the, uh, break the mood here because it's been too heavy for too long. You can't say it's propaganda without reading it. I have read it. I read the whole comic. It is absolutely 100% bullcrap propaganda. There, I said it again. Go read it yourself. Hey, have you seen this? I'm going to lighten the mood. Well, get off that topic. I'm tired of it. You, you know, you do you. You do you. I'm telling you what I feel, you do you. You don't agree with me? You don't have to. That's what the great thing is about living on this planet. I can do what I want to do. You can do what you want to do. And as long as the two don't, you know? And don't say, well, if you got vaccinated, then, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, then you'll be infecting me. Well, getting vaccinated apparently didn't do anything to help not infecting you either, according to Pfizer executives. The demonic ant face has gone viral, and it is something you probably don't want to see, but you're going to see it anyway. Look at this. You see the picture over there on the, I don't know what it would be on your screen, on the far side of your screen. That's an ant. It's a black ant. We all have ants. I got ants in my house. They drive me nuts. Those little teeny sugar ants, and I can't get rid of them. Look at the picture in the middle. Look at this demon. This is the kind of thing Hollywood would come up with. That is the actual face of that ant. Oh, my God. Wow. That is insane. That is the stuff nightmares are made of. Look at that. If you're listening to the podcast, sorry, guys, check out the link in our show notes. It's down there. Should open in a new window and the podcast should keep playing. If not, just hit the back button. But you got to see this picture. Uh, Wow. Life is filled with beauty and wonder, the says.com writer writes. When things are looked at at a microscopic level, it becomes a whole different story. 
For the past few decades, Nikon's photomicrography competition has been celebrating life and beauty through the microscope. He says, uh, Aldwin says, all insects look like demons close up. Mm, You're not wrong. Having just announced its winner this uh, last week, one runner-up has gone viral with the image of an ant. Look at that. Oh, my God. Is that like every satanic demon monster in a film you've ever seen? That is crazy stuff. Unbelievable. Taken by wildlife photographer, wow, I'll never get this name. I'll try. Eugenigus Cavaliauscus. Cavaliauscus. I'm sorry that I butchered your name. Uh, it was uh, it gained a lot of attention for looking like a creature that just crawled up from the depths of hell. Well, you are exactly right. Unbelievable. Look at that. There's another angle. Wow. Okay, enough. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. That's scary stuff. If if you haven't seen it, please do check it out. The link is in our show notes. And uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. All right. Um, I got I to gotta tell you about this story because I, I saw it. And, and again, it's one of these. Remember, I, I, I love people who the public or the trolls go out and say stupid things and the people who they're trying to attack just basically say, don't care, double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger, as Dan Bongino says. Well, (laughs) I have to admit, excuse me, I know the the store, Maiden, but honestly, I don't know what they sell. I've never been in one. I have a feeling it's like a a grocery, like a 99 Mart, bigger version sort of thing, I I think. I know Maiden. They're a huge brand. They do some amazing stuff. Well, (laughs) a Malaysian rapper has threatened to sue Maiden for 30 million ringgit. That's about $2 in USD. uh, For allegedly humiliating him in a tweet. (laughs) When you're outspoken and a public figure, having your life and apparently your name in the spotlight is inevitable. It's gonna happen. Recently, a guy whom I've never heard of again in my life, uh, a sensational rapper, it says Caprice, who uh, gave Maiden Malaysia 24 hours to apologize for a tweet they made that allegedly humiliated him. He threatened to sue the supermarket chain for $30 million if they failed to do so. Here's, uh, here's Caprice Hu uh, threatening him on, uh, apparently on Facebook. Uh, the tweet was shared through Maiden Malaysia's official Twitter account. It was a pun that the supermarket chain made using the rapper's name, and it goes like this. Initially thought of just buying tea, but accidentally bought a cap and rice. I'm... I... Okay. Whatever. Following the first Instagram story post, the 34-year-old rapper Caprice, who uh, said he was surprised and disappointed a brand he admires and supports would mock him at a time when he's fighting really big cases. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, nice to try and get your name in the paper, which you've done. You got an article on World of Buzz, and you made the Jay Sheldon show. That will get you absolutely nothing. Uh, to anyone who's still not satisfied with me, I apologize if I've been too harsh. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, Maiden's reaction? Bring it on. Ha <laughs> ha! I love these guys. They basically said, you want to sue us? Sue us. Bring it on. Anyway, he should have been glad that Maiden noticed him in the first place. Yeah, Alvin, you're exactly right. $30 million. Oh, these people. But you did get one thing. You got some publicity. So if indeed, likely that was your, you know, your focus. You win. All right. I got one more, then we're going to get on to our book. You got to see this one. You think you got bad neighbors? <laughs> I have two neighbors here. One is a sweetheart of a guy. He has an Airbnb. The other one, I, I rarely see them. Just a nod and a hello. They've got dogs, but they're not kept as pets. They're just basically alarm system dogs, and I think that's terrible, but it's not my business, so I stay out of it. Well, take a look. <laughs> take a look at this note that this guy's neighbor left on his door. And the more you read it, the crazier it gets. This is legit an actual letter somebody probably typed on the computer and printed out and left it on this guy's door. Dear neighbor, the link's in our show notes, by the way, if you want to share this stupidity with your uh, social media friends. You just moved into this neighborhood a year ago, and I wanted to give you some time to correct this problem on your own, but you are apparently too inconsiderate to do so. Every day this week, when the weather's been nice and the windows are open, you proceed to let your small child run free in your backyard and laugh and giggle and carry on without end. <gasps> Wait, am I clutching my pearls? This, he continues, is very disruptive for my two dogs and my bird who sit next to the window and like to look out into your yard. Perhaps you could ask him, the child, to tone it down a bit, or at least limit his outside time to 10 or 20 minutes a day, so my dogs can be outside without seeing him running around. If this kind of behavior persists, I will call the police. <laughs> Seriously. I, just stop the world I want to get off. This is the... He's serious. He wrote this note, not sarcasm, left it seriously on his neighbor's door. These are the kind of morons, these are the kind of idiots that are out there. And they 
they, they don't see what's wrong with themselves. That's the strangest thing of all to me. These people have no concept of, I don't know, morality, right or wrong. Just all about me, 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 me. Don't let your kid outside in your yard because my two dogs and bird like to look out there and the kid's disturbing them. And if it continues, I'll call the cops. Unbelievable. The link, this is legit. This is an actual letter. The link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. It's just, (laughs) it's, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. All right, friends, it is time. Wait, where are we? Here we go. It is time for our book. There we go. Felix Sultan is the author of Bambi. You likely know the story of Bambi from the Walt Disney cartoon a long time ago. I'm going to guess it must have been the 60s. But uh, we've been we read classic books on this show. We've been doing it almost from the beginning, 279 episodes ago. Wow. And uh, we've done a whole bunch of different uh, great books, all the classics, Peter Pan, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, uh, Now we're doing Bambi. We're up to chapter seven. (laughs) Let's continue. Bambi was often left alone now, but he didn't have the same fear of it as he had the first time. His mother would disappear, and then, however much he called for her, she did not come. But then she would reappear unexpectedly. One evening, feeling very lonely, he wandered once more along the paths. He had not found Gobo and Feline even once. The sky had already turned into a light gray, and it was beginning to get dark, so that the tops of the trees could be seen over the bushes and the undergrowth. Something rustled in the bushes, something hurtled its way between the leaves, and then his mother appeared. Close behind her, another deer made its way in. Bambi did not know who it was. Auntie Enna, or his father, or someone else. But Bambi's mother saw immediately who it was. Despite the speed at which she'd rushed past him, he heard the shrillness of her voice. She screamed, and it seemed to Bambi that she did so only in fun. But then it occurred to him that there was a slight ring of fear in that scream. Another time, it happened in full daylight. Bambi'd been walking for hours through the dense woods and finally began to call. Not so much because he was afraid, but because he didn't want to remain so alone anymore. And he felt he would soon be in a terrible state. So he began to call for his mother. Suddenly, there was one of their fathers standing in front of him, looking at him severely. Bambi had not heard him coming, and he was startled. The elder stag looked more powerful than the others. He was taller and more proud. His coat was aflame with a deep, dark red, but his face shone silver-gray, and a powerful black-pearled crown extended high above his playful ears. "'What are you calling for?' the old stag asked severely. 
Bambi trembled in awe at the elder stag and didn't dare to make any answer. Your mother hasn't got the time to spend on you now, the elder continued. Bambi was completely cowed by this imperious voice, but at the same time, he felt admiration for it. Can't you be by yourself for a little while? You should be ashamed of yourself. Bambi would have liked to have said that he could be by himself perfectly well, that he'd often been by himself. But he said nothing. He did as he was told and became terribly ashamed. The elder turned around and left him. Bambi did not know how the stag left, where he'd gone, didn't even know whether he'd left quickly or slowly, but was simply gone just as suddenly as he'd arrived. Bambi strained his ears, but he heard no steps moving away from him, no leaf being disturbed. That made him suppose the elder must still be quite near to him. He smelt the air on every side, but he learned nothing from that. Bambi sighed in relief as he was once more alone. But at the same time, he yearned to see the old stag again, to make sure he was not displeased with him. And then his mother arrived, but Bambi said nothing about meeting with the elder, nor did he ever call for her now when she was out of sight. He thought about the old stag when he wandered around on his own. He felt a powerful wish to come across him. And then he would say to him, See, I'm not calling for anyone. And the elder would praise him. He did speak to Gobo and Faline, though, the next time they were together on the meadow. They listened with excitement, and they had no experience of their own that could compare with this. Weren't you scared? asked Gobo excitedly. Yes, Bambi admitted. He'd been scared just a little bit. I'd been terribly scared, Gobo told him. Bambi answered that no, he'd not been very scared, because the elder had been so majestic. Gobo told him, that wouldn't have been much help for me. I've been too scared to even look at him. When I get scared, everything flickers in front of my eyes, so I can't see anything. My heart beats so hard I can hardly breathe. What Bambi had told them made Feline very thoughtful, and she said nothing. The next time they met, though, Gobo and Feline rushed to him in great leaps and bounds. They were alone once more, as was Bambi. We've been looking for you for ages, declared Gobo. Yes, said Feline, with an air of importance, as now we know exactly who it was that you saw. Bambi was so keen to know, he jumped in the air. Who? Feline took great pleasure in saying, It was the old prince. How do you know that? Bambi wanted to know. Our mother told us, retorted Feline. Bambi was astonished, and he showed it. Did you tell her about it then? The two of them nodded their heads. But that was a secret, objected Bambi. Gobo quietly tried to excuse himself. It wasn't me. It was Feline who did it. But Feline cheerfully called, Oh, so what? Secret. 
I wanted to know who it was, and now we do know. That's much more interesting. Bambi was burning to hear all about this, and his wish was satisfied. Feline told him everything. He is the most noble stag in the whole wood. He is the prince. There is no second most noble. No one comes near to him. No one knows how old he is. No one knows where he lives. No one knows who his relatives are. Very few have ever even seen him. Now and then there's a rumor that he's dead because he hasn't been seen for a long time. Then somebody catches a glimpse of him and then everybody knows he's still alive. No one has ever dared to ask him where he's been. He doesn't speak to anyone and no one dares speak to him. He goes along the paths where no one else ever goes. He knows every part of the wood, even the most distant corner, and nothing is a danger to him. Oh, other princes might tussle with each other, sometimes as a test or in fun, but sometimes they fight in earnest. It's many years since he fought with anyone, and there's no one still alive who did fight with him a long time ago. He is the great prince. Bambi forgave Gobo and Feline for having carelessly chatted about his secret with their mother. He was even quite satisfied about it, as of now. After all, it was him who'd experienced all these important things. Nonetheless, he was glad that Gobo and Fairlene did not know everything quite precisely. That the great prince had said, Can you be yourself for a little while? That they didn't know that he'd said, You should be ashamed of yourself. Bambi was glad now that he'd kept silent about those admonitions. Feline would have told everything about it, just like everything else, and then the whole forest would have been gossiping about it. That night, as the moon was rising, Bambi's mother came back again. She was suddenly standing there, under the great oak, at the edge of the meadow, and looking round, for Bambi. And that's where we'll cut it off. Halfway through chapter 7. Wow. This is just such a great, great book and story. Love it, love it, love it. Bambi. The original Bambi. Written in German, by the way. This is a translation into, obviously, English from the original German. So there you go. All right, Aldwin, let's see. We always wind up with one big, long chat from you at the end of our uh, book. So what is this? I plan to watch The Woman King in theaters on 27th October before I watch Black Panther Wakanda forever on the 11th of November to see which movie empowers black women more. My foundational black American acquaintances said that The Woman King was a great movie. Would you watch it in theaters once it was released? Probably not. Not the kind of genre of film I enjoy. And honestly, these films that are trying to be woke and trying to give you some sort of message about race and empowerment, 
And they're not entertaining to me. Give me an old-fashioned film with a good story that isn't trying to shove some message down my throat, and I'm more than happy to watch. These kind of films that do that, whether it's subtly, subtly or right in your face, just not interested. Go woke, go broke. Sorry. Enjoy the films, though. If they're your thing, by all means, I I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. That's cool. All right, that's going to do it for us. We are going to uh, bow on out of here. Uh, it's a Saturday. Enjoy the weekend. Here in Malaysia and Southeast Asia, it is a three-day weekend because on Monday is Deepavali. And so to all of my Indian friends across the planet, a very, very happy Deepavali. May the light shine brightly and guide your path for peace and love and all that is good. Happy Deepavali to you if you are celebrating. And even if you're not celebrating, happy Deepavali. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll see you again on Monday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Why are you laughing? <laughs>